0: Welcome to the Virtually Done podcast. My name is Gemma and I'm the founder of Virtually Done. The Virtually Done podcast is created as a space to start important conversations that are often overlooked and speak to women in business with amazing stories and even better advice. It makes me so happy that you're here listening and I would absolutely love for you to tag me on social media at Virtually Done and let me know what you think. My hope is that you're able to take something away from every single episode that you can action into your business and that you're able to gain an insight into the behind the scenes of what running a business is really like. So let's dive in. Today I am joined by the wonderful Katie who I feel like I've known for ages, although I have no idea where we first like virtually met. Um, We decided to do this podcast today because I put a story up a while ago about how accessibility is deeper than just having low prices and we had a really good chat in the DMs and we thought it'd be really good to have a conversation about this so that you guys can listen to it as well. Um, So Katie, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Hi, I am Katie of Katie Chic Consulting. I am a business consultant for small to medium enterprises and um, yeah funnily enough I also don't know how we cross paths but yeah it was a really interesting conversation that we had um, that came off and it's it was funny because at the time I'd been actually doing some reflection um, and thinking about accessibility and then affordability and then Gemma posted something at the same time and yeah it just strikes up. A conversation um where we came to this conclusion that these are things that need to be spoken about and I don't think it's often spoken about enough um so yeah we just wanted to come and start a conversation around accessibility and the difference between affordability and just yeah how all of that looks. Yeah and I think actually before we
0: start something that this really highlights is that um sometimes on Instagram we're afraid to share an opinion in case somebody disagrees with it or somebody I don't know like reads it the wrong way or whatever and that day that I put that story up I can't remember exactly what I said but I said something along the lines of um, saying that your prices are low so that you are accessible is sometimes like an excuse that people use and accessibility is more than that Um, because I mean, there's so much to say about this, but sometimes people are scared to put their prices up and they say, well, I'm just going to keep them low because I think then, you know, people are not going to get mad at me and more people can afford me. And I think that there are reasons to have affordable prices, but affordable is different for everybody. And also sometimes it is because it's a fear of not wanting to increase your prices and all those other things. And actually, when you message me in response, you kind of disagreed with me not I think disagreed is the wrong word but like we had a conversation where we were both coming at it from different places and actually that was a really good conversation where we both spoke about it and now we're on a podcast together and I just want to remind people that like just because you share your opinion and someone disagrees with you that doesn't mean you have to be like oh my god someone disagreed with me I'm going to delete it and I'm going to run away this person's against me actually it started a really good conversation between us because we were both willing to listen to the other person's opinion and I think actually when we had the conversation we were probably both of a very similar opinion once we kind of dived into it a little bit more and I just thought something to add because I could have ran away from that and been like oh my god Katie disagrees with me I'm gonna unfollow her we're not friends anymore but instead I was like let's talk about this
1: on a podcast yeah and that is that is exactly yeah I do think we did have Yeah I can't can't quite remember like the different angles but yeah I remember that we both had that different stance on how it looked and I think I came more from the angle in terms of like affordability is it has to be accessible to your ideal client Um, and I think that's kind of where the topic maybe started off from um, around the affordability and like you said is it's affordability is different for everybody but it needs to I believe it always needs to remain accessible to your ideal client and what they can afford at the time Um, and I think that's what got us then onto that topic of accessibility and how it is so different from affordability and when it comes to accessibility it's almost a buzzword that's thrown out in the industry without any real understanding that it's not just pricing like mm-hmm. accessibility is so much bigger than that and the definition of accessibility is that everybody can do the same task in the same rough amount of time um and it should be at ease for everybody and that actually doesn't really constitute to pricing
0: hmm And I think this is something that completely, honestly, I didn't consider for a really long time. And obviously that's because I am incredibly privileged to not necessarily need things to be different for me personally. And so I didn't even, wasn't even aware of it, didn't even really think about it. But as I've been in the industry longer, I've thought more about, okay, how do I make sure that everybody can, you know, read my content or consume my content in some way? How can everyone access my courses? And it's something I've realized that not many people talk about, but also it's quite a difficult conversation, I think to be had because nobody wants to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And I think also people are kind of almost embarrassed that we don't know the answers. Um, and I think it's the big thing here that we want to kind of touch on is not that we have the answers, but that we want to start a conversation so that hopefully this will get those of you listening, thinking about how you can make changes in your business. And, um, I had a conversation with a client this morning and she's in the process of hiring a team member and she was going through kind of written applications and what we were talking about was actually written applications are not necessarily something that everybody can do or everybody is going to kind of really thrive within so actually is there an alternative way of hiring somebody that gives lots of different ways of applying for the role so that everyone can find a way that suits them and I just think little things like that we get so set in our ways of how things are done that we don't always think about actually is this the best way for those people applying you know
1: yeah yeah I definitely have to agree with you there like what you said in the beginning about being privileged not to realize is I have been on both ends So I have been privileged enough for so many years to, you know, not ever have to think realistically about all of these things. But as time had passed, um, I got an illness of my own that then kind of put me in that position where I was like, oh, actually, like I needed adjustments at work. I needed things to change. Things in my own life had to change. And it's the first time I'd ever really considered it at that level when it was personally affecting me. Like I have family with accessible needs, but again, it never hit me the same as when I needed it myself. And from it was from that moment that it kind of opened my eyes that I didn't think like I was ever doing enough. Like I'd been a manager for mm, about six years at the time. And even I had realized then that as a manager, am I really invoking like you know, change and am I thinking about the accessibility and what people may need and how it is so different to each individual person um, and it was kind of on reflection of that I was like I need to make a change um, so you know I've tried to adopt and think of those changes but since moving into the online space is it's a whole nother world again because it's like how how does one become accessible in this online space and you know, how do you get everything to function when you're not physically sat in front of a person and you can't make the, you know, you have to kind of work with the tools you've got. Um, and like you just mentioned there about like the client and wanting to, like, you know, is that a better way of doing things? Um, and I think thinking of, thinking on a whole about all is I think, it you know, there is so much technology out there that we often kind of forget that, in terms of becoming more accessible, we don't actually have to make that many changes because there's so much technology that can implement things for us without us having to, you know, record something two or three different times or, you know, upload things in different ways. Is there's, there's just so many functions out there. Even if we think to like Instagram now, like it has a captions option and that's something that didn't have, I'd say what, a year ago, I don't think it had it. Um, yeah. And that now has captions. There's now um, the alt text and that actually automatically generates if you don't fill it in. Um, So there is tools, I think, out there that are making it easier. But yeah, I think it's that we don't think about these things, that we didn't even realise that there's so much that's already right in front of us that we can utilise with little to no extra effort.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... um... Like you say, a lot of the changes don't have to be massive. Like something that I really loved when I was part of a course was that they had the video training that had subtitles. There was also a separate transcript. You could also download it as an audio by itself. So you could listen to it kind of like while you're on the go. It also had like bullet points if you wanted to consume it really quickly. And then it also had visuals all for the same module. And I just thought even that app appeals to so many different types of learner. And that's one piece of content that you've just repurposed in different ways because not everyone is gonna be able to watch an hour long video, for example, and be able to take in all of that information and just being able to kind of do all these other little bits and pieces like transcriptions, like that's not gonna take you a lot of time. And like you say, there are systems out there like Otter, for example, for free, you can get your video transcribed. It only takes a few minutes and it's really accurate that's not going to take you much longer, but it could be the difference between somebody being able to do your course and implement it and not. And I think it's just like you say, before doing anything, just stopping for a minute and being like, let me just question what I'm doing here. Is this the best way of doing it for everybody? And being open to the answer being no, because I think we all hate failure and we all hate feeling like we're doing something wrong. But actually, you have to be open to recognizing, do you know what? I'm not doing this in the best possible way and then making a change.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I am just like, just processing. Um, I haven't necessarily made everything accessible as I can. Um, when you said there about, you know, they had a transcript, the bullet points, you know, every single way to make it as accessible as possible. And that's already triggered into myself and going, actually, there's a lot of things there that I don't do. That I can do because I do always caption everything, Um, and when I'm recording things, they will come with like a transcription. But actually, to think of like the visuals and could just have bullet points, an audio only file, so people can listen. The girls like there are things even I hadn't thought about that I can implement and make changes. And you know, that's coming from me sat here doing a podcast, wanting to you know, you know, get you guys to have the conversation, and I'm realizing there's more I can still do myself and I think it's like you said there is we're not expected to have the answer like and we are going to make mistakes and I think it's accepting that we won't always get it right but if your intentions are honest and true and you're really trying is you you'll be forgiven for anything like it's you know I don't think anyone out there is going to throw you know there might be some judgment from you know one side but is if your intentions are pure, like it will be perceived by the many as a good effort. And I think if anything will come from it is somebody will then provide a a suggestion that will only make you better. Like there'll be some kind of suggestion or solution that will just make you a better business owner.
0: Yeah, and I also think anyone listening to this who is thinking, oh my gosh, I've never even thought of this. Am I a bad person? Have I been doing things wrong? The answer is no, because you're here right now. And the main thing is that you start to kind of open your eyes a little bit to actually there are different ways I could be doing things. There are things that I don't know. Like like even us sitting here right now, we're openly saying we don't have the answers. We don't know everything. There are definitely things we could both be doing differently. And I'm sure in future there will be things we implement or things we look back on and we think, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't do that earlier. And I think that's just part of it, isn't it? It's been open to to not being perfect and being okay with that. And I think, you know, I was thinking earlier about examples and I have a lot of virtual assistants in my audience. And we tend to have this like really set way of onboarding, for example, where like you do a discovery call, you do a questionnaire and everything is very kind of step-by-step which on some levels is great. But then as a virtual assistant with that process what would you do if you had a client who was deaf or blind? Like how would you actually Like, what would you do like would you would you change things would you just say oh no sorry I you don't fit my process like I think it's just things that we don't think about and maybe it's something to just start thinking about like because not everyone is the same not everyone can do the same things like my boyfriend has ADHD if I gave him like a three-hour video to watch and said watch this training and then you'll be great he would lose attention in like three seconds and he would never do the thing and I think that's a shame because it's not that he's not intelligent or that he couldn't do it with the right resources it's just that that format would not work for him so I think it's just you know thinking about those things a little bit more isn't it
1: yeah <clears throat> I think that's it. it's thinking about it and taking that time to just ask like if you for example I like said that in the onboarding process um, and it's something I've recently added in myself is add in that section for accessibility like Do you need me to do anything differently? You know, would you prefer a phone call? Like these traditional methods that in this online space we forget exist, but we can still pick up a phone and have a normal telephone conversation. Um, You know, it's kind of just ask, I think, is the, the best thing that we can do because every, like I said, every person is different. Each individual has their own needs, but then as you're, client your ideal client as a whole um like your audiences the people that you speak to every day is just ask them as well like you probably didn't even realize that I can imagine there'll be quite a percentage of your audience that will all have needs and very different needs and you can actually create and tailor everything to your audience just by taking that time to kind of ask them what they really need
0: yeah and I think on like a a kind of really sort of simple level this is one of the reasons that I always suggest that when you create content you repurpose it in lots of different ways not just because obviously it makes your life easier it makes sense um, but also there are some people who want to listen to something when they're out and about and they don't visually want to watch it or the opposite or they want to read it in bullet points or they want to read it in a long form email or they want the real version that's five seconds long and I think it's just about it is kind of like that thing of like working smarter not harder it doesn't mean oh my gosh i need to do another 5 hours work every week it's just how can you make the thing that you're already doing a little bit more easier to access for other people and also you don't have to get everything right overnight i think that's another thing if you sat down today and broke down all the ways you could make your business more accessible you would be sat there all night and you would be thinking oh my goodness like i need a whole team to implement all of this but actually just doing one thing today That's a step in the right direction and holding yourself accountable to always be working on it. That is better than overwhelming yourself and then doing nothing, I think.
1: Yeah. And it's better than doing nothing at all. Like, that's the other side of it is, you know, we can try and change one thing, just one small thing in our business and make that, you know, that progress and, you know, working towards the goal of accessibility for everyone. Or, you know, if you're listening to this and you've come this far is do you really want to sit and like ignore it and do nothing? Um, because that's the only other option is we can, you know, think about these things, try and action one change, or we could just sit and do nothing. And that doesn't, I think as a leader, especially as a business owner, and you know, we are the future, Like all of us like listening, me and Gemma ourselves, like we are the future of business from where our businesses are at now, And, you know, the 10, 20, 30, 50 years, you know, hopefully that we're still gonna be here. Um, Maybe doing different things, but I'm pretty sure we're all gonna still be here as a business owner because once you've done it, I don't think there's any going back from that. (laughs) We all love it so much. um, That we have to be the people to make the change. Um, And I just don't think there's space and time to do nothing anymore. But to reiterate what Gemma said is, it's not a case of overwhelming and thinking I need to do everything. Or like you said, thinking you're a bad person, because you've never thought about it before, because we've openly admitted like neither of us, you know, we was all at that stage at one point. And both myself and Gemma still have, I would say still a long way to go to kind of get to the end goal. But what it is, is taking that first step. And like, that is, I guess, the, ultimately what we want from the, this conversation, this podcast, is to just make the conversation to allow you to spend a moment and just think about it in a way that you maybe never have before. And hopefully, certainly all I can hope for, is that we try and just make one small difference. Because if we all make one small difference, the impact will be huge.
0: it really adds up doesn't it and something that I like to do every quarter is I sit down and I look at what I do like my processes and my you know content that I post and just all of the things that I do on a day-to-day basis and I ask myself is is this just a norm that I'm doing because everyone else is doing it or am I doing this because it's the best way of doing it so for example getting on sales calls with people When I started my first business as a VA, I was told like part of the process is you get on a sales call. That's it. Like there's no question about it. You get them on a sales call. That's just part of what you do. And then I was like, I hate sales calls. (laughs) Why am I doing sales calls? And also the type of person I was attracting also hated sales calls. So I was like, I'm literally just doing this thing because I've been told to and it's become the norm and other people are doing it. But actually it's not benefiting me and it's not benefiting the client. So I think it's just a case of, sitting down look at what you're doing and and just question the things that you're doing and look at where that's come from like are you doing that because it works best for your client or are you doing it because some coach told you two three years ago and you've just never questioned it
1: yeah definitely like that hits so many feels like (laughs) right even (laughs) in myself like the amount of things that and to be fair there were things that I was told to do that I did even though I had an inkling in myself that it wasn't what I wanted um, and it didn't quite feel right but because I was told by somebody you know deemed more successful in you know in that space is I was like well that must be the way because I'm whilst I'm not new to business I'm very old to business I'm very new to the online space at the time when I started my business Um, and and yeah I was listening I was like well I don't really know like in the talk of onboarding and that sales and having people say well I don't know how to do this online like in a person you go to a meeting you have a conversation you shake hands it's a done deal <laughs> but how do you do that in the online space when then you know they're not in the same room not in the same county so I'm not even in the same country um, and yeah I have fallen born to that as well and I'm not a big lover of sales calls and I even don't really like the word discovery call. Um, so that's also not something you, like I like to use because I'm like, it's just a conversation. So I try and, you know, for me, I want to adopt that casual approach. Um, and I actually gave, because I, like you, was like, I don't love doing these and I don't really want to force people to do it because some people come and they're just so ready. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they've, if they're anything like me, we I'm a silent watcher. And I will silently watch for a very long time. And then I'm, I'm ready. Like, I don't need to have any of a conversation. I know what I'm doing. I'm ready to go. Let's yeah. just get going. Um, and I know there's others then that like to kind of sit and talk through the process with somebody. Um, and they want to know step by step what happens. What is the process? What happens from here? Um, and, no, and then you've got the ones, like you said, on your side that absolutely just hate the thought of a call. And that could be the one thing that's stopping them from signing up is that call when in actual fact, by just giving the option of a call, it eliminates so much of all of this. Like we're not forcing anybody into something they don't necessarily feel comfortable with, um, but then we're holding space for those that want to come and ask all the questions and want to learn about the process. And then we're making the process easier for those that are like, I just ready to go. Like, I know this is what I want. I know you, I just want to get going is, just by asking the question, we've solved three problems in one.
0: It's so funny you say that because I did some market research on my Instagram a while ago um, about sales calls and somebody actually messaged me and said, if I have to have a sales call, I will run in the opposite direction. That will be the thing that puts me off. And I think it's so interesting because we assume you have to do all these certain things in order to get a sale or a client and actually those things might be making your clients run in the opposite direction and i think the biggest thing like you say is firstly asking like is there anything that you need or is there anything that i can do to make this easier and also when building your things whether that's a sales page or a sales process or whatever just thinking like how can i cater for different people and this is something that i've been thinking about recently because i'm going into a launch and i was thinking okay well personally I jump into a program based on how I feel. But I know there will be people who purely do it based on, you know, what are the modules? What's the title of the module? What's included? What's the date? And it's, you know, there are lots of different types of buyer. But also if someone's on the fence about jumping in, some people want to be left by themselves to like consider things or maybe talk to partners or whatever. Some people want to get on a call with you. Some people want to message you on Instagram. They feel like there's less pressure there. And it's like, I'm trying to consider all of these things when building out my sales page so that everybody feels like there is a way for them to get the answers that they need. Because I know for me personally, if I was looking at a program and I was on the fence, I would not want to get on a call with that person because I would feel like I might be pressured into doing the thing and I wouldn't have it in me to say no. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Um, So for me, I know that being able to have that conversation in the DMs would suit me much better. And I think this is like one of the many things you can look at when it comes to launching new things, are you reaching just the person who is like you? Are you writing it in a way that speaks to you or are you writing it in a way that speaks to all of the people that might be your ideal client? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, for anyone listening, you won't hear the grin that's on my face. But <laughs> <laughs> is, I'm smiling away because I recently um, had a call with somebody and, within my own marketing and she was like, Katie you're very practical like everything you do is practical and it is so me and she actually called me out. she was like there's no like where's your emotional like content where's the stuff for the people that feel so then when Gemma was like I'm a feeler like I will invest on feelings and I was like there's living proof here that You know, there is two different people because I am a generally super practical person. Like, I want to know what's going to happen, what what the things are, where I need to be. Um, And, you know, I think that comes a lot from what I do within like the planning and processes. Like, I am super practical. um, And what I do day to day is really practical. That, yeah, I have to think about extra hard about actually, like, yes I attract the super practical people but then on the other side of it is the people that probably need me most are the ones that are so emotional like driven um because then they're not necessarily the practical so the two go hand in hand the yin the yang and they kind of blend so much better um so yeah like there's all these things that we don't ever think about and it's hard to kind of unpick yourself it needs somebody to kind of call that out for you or prompt the thought process to get you to actually think, am I, yeah, like you said, is, am I doing this to suit me or am I doing this in a way that could suit everybody? Um, and knowing that, you know, you're quite all on like the sales and the psychology and that side of things is it's probably a reason, you know, many of us end up then lacking sales is because we're not thinking about the bigger picture and about everybody because you're so used to what you are and who you are as a person and I think that's a big change you have to make as a business owner it's constantly reminding yourself to put yourself in your ideal client's shoes you know in your current client's shoes the perspective like putting yourself in the other person's shoes and going well actually what would they need from me and it's something I've been doing a lot lately and it opens up a lot of, it opens up a lot of thoughts in my own head. And that was one exactly around, you know, me providing more like emotive content. Um, and when I'm putting things out there, it's kind of adding more emotions and not being like, it's this and that and this and that is actually, but in between this and that, there's all these weird feelings that come up and, you know, we may feel a certain way and we do want to feel, you know, this other way. Um, and there's all these emotions that come up and I'm like, they're the kind of things I need to speak about. The things that I tend to not think about myself is what I need to start speaking about um, just to attract, you know, the people that need me, essentially. Um, Like, I think that's what it is, is it's opening up to all these other people that do need you, but you're not necessarily speaking to them in their language and in the way they need.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I'm going to go off on a tangent here but I'm I'm going for it anyway. It's my podcast, do what I want. Um, (laughs) I I always use the example of like Dubsado, right? If you're someone who does Dubsado setups, you could write content where you're like, oh my God, Dubsado is amazing. I can set up your workflows and you can do forms and like projects and all these things. But if you're targeting someone who doesn't have Dubsado, they probably don't know what Dubsado is. So they're probably just going to scroll past anyway because they're just going to be like, I don't know what that is. And if you don't have Dubsada, you won't know what a workflow is. So it's like, although the way that you write it for your ideal client, you might look at it and think, well, that's like way too simple, or I'm not using enough of the fancy words. Well, actually, if that speaks to your ideal client, then you've done a good job. And I think sometimes, this is why it was LinkedIn, by the way, it wasn't a massive tangent, it was linked. <laughs> sometimes we talk to ourselves, or like we create things for ourselves. And then we think, oh, that's a really great piece of content. I love that. But actually, if it's for you and your ideal client is in a completely different place to you, it might be good for you, but it's not good for them. And it's the same thing with all the other stuff, like just because you love sales calls and they work really well for you because you're like a real extrovert doesn't mean that everyone else who wants to work with you is an extrovert and loves sales calls. And I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's just remembering that your business is bigger than you. Like you have the opportunity to serve people and to help people. And it's amazing. You can have this impact. But that means that you have to think about how they need to be impacted and how they need to be communicated with and not just about how you love to be communicated with.
1: And like you said there with your quarterly reviews and obviously that's the things that I do as well. I do in my own business, I do with my clients is, is holding that space to think bigger, to think about that bigger picture. And even if you can only give yourself an hour is if you can spend an hour questioning and asking yourself, what am I doing right now? Is it working? But then to ask yourself, what could I do better? Because even if you think something's perfect, there's no such thing as perfect. There'll always be something we can improve and change. Um, and that's not to lead you down a route of thinking you need to tweak and change everything all the time. Um, but it's actually spending that time and looking and thinking about the bigger picture. The bigger picture changes, not let's change my font or my colours or you know all these little things. It's like the bigger picture side of things like what could make my systems, you know, better? What makes me more accessible for everybody? What could I, you know, what things could I change up to, I guess, for example, like I said, with the marketing is, can I repurpose my content to serve more people? Because it also aids you in your marketing because then you're pushing marketing out into more places, you'll get more visible, but then, you're also given the option for somebody to digest it in the way that they need. Um, And it's all those, it's kind of those bigger picture thinking is giving yourself the time to just ask like, how can I do this better? Um, Because it's something I do every quarter Um, myself as I sit and go, how can I, how can I make this better? How can I improve this? Um, And sometimes I'll come to the conclusion, I'll have tons of ideas, but then what I do is I go, right, what's, what can be done now and then what's for down the line because we can't make all the changes all at once um and it's kind of spacing it out and there's things where you might go this is a big thing i want but my business can't do it right now so let's pinpoint that for you know q4 or q1 of next year and just making sure that you're realistic and not trying to make all the changes all at once because then we get on a whole other road, which I'm going to try not go on a tangent down that road, but we tend to do, then we go the complete opposite way. And um, so, yeah, it's just thinking about these things, wanting to, you know, to understand and acknowledge that you want to make these changes, but then accepting that they can't all be done right now and be like, what can, that, what can be done now and what suits further down the line?
0: Yeah, I think it's... Um... It's, it's something that we deal with in lots of areas of business. I think it's that balance of like wanting to do better and wanting to have a bigger impact, but also remembering that you are one person, or even if you have a team, you might be a handful of people and you do have limits to what you can do right now. I remember, oh gosh, a while ago, I was looking into like how environmentally friendly my business was. And this was something I knew nothing about. And again, going off on a tangent, but it was like, I needed to like do, there were so many suggestions, which is great but I just completely overwhelmed myself. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm awful. <laughs> I just completely concluded that I was doing everything wrong. And, um, and I think it's similar here. It's like, look at how you can do better, but also give yourself the grace that like, you are one person, you're not meant to have all the answers. You're gonna learn new things all the time. You're gonna try things that might not work and that's okay. You might do something you think is really good and then be told actually it's really not that good. And then you're gonna be like, okay, I need to do that differently. And I think it's just been like to sum it all up, it's just been open to feedback and open to improving, even when your business feels like so close to you and it's like you don't like it being criticised and things like that. And like I said at the start, when you share an opinion and someone disagrees with you, it can be really hard to hold that when your business is so close to you as a person. But I think the more you can be open to taking criticism on board and actually looking at that as a helpful thing that's going to help you in the long run rather than somebody just trying to drag you down like the further your business will grow because you will be able to impact more people and I think that's what most of us are here for isn't it like we want to help people with the services that we have like yes we want clients and we want sales but for me anyway it's like my main goal is to help as many people as possible and to be more accessible is a great way for me to be able to do that so I think if I was to give a piece of advice after this podcast, it's just go and stick with like your business, sit with your notebook and think about your business and be like, is there a better way of doing this? Is there a way that this can be more accessible? How would I feel if I was not me going through this process? And is there any way that I can change that? And just take it one day at a time. I think that's like all you can do. That's the best thing you can do. There's nothing that you can just do overnight and be like, oh yeah, ticked it off, achieved it. Because it's always going to change, and there'll be new technology and all these other things. That anything that you do today will probably be out of date in two years' time. So, if you just want to get perfection, it's never going to get there. It just needs to be I did my best today, and in two years' time, when things have changed, I'll do my best then as well.
1: Yeah, I think I think you've summed that up perfectly. I don't think there's anything really to add to finish that off, other than you know, it's just reiterating what you said there, and it's just been open being open to people questioning you being open to you questioning other people um and overall yeah just i guess my input is to constantly question question the way you do things question the way others do things and constantly yeah just have that open mind and think yeah what what could be different what could be different in this world because That will be where your best ideas will come. That is where you will become your own leader, and it's where you will start to make your own change.
0: Beautifully put. I love that. That's where we should end this because it's not going to get better than that. Um, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It's I'm just like so glad we got to share this because like we had such a good conversation privately, and I just think so many people will benefit from even just hearing us talk about it because. think it's just about starting those conversations isn't it that other people might not be having or they might not have even thought about or maybe that they have started to take some action and they're looking around thinking am I the only one doing this um so hopefully some people will take something from this but I'm so grateful that you came in and chatted with us where can people come and find you if they're like oh my god I love Katie where can they find you
1: well firstly thank you for allowing me This space to hold this conversation um, because that has been amazing. It's been something that's been on my mind for a while. And it's something, you know, I want to speak about, and I don't necessarily have the biggest audience. So thank you so much for just giving me the space and for having the conversation with me, for actually just starting the conversation. Um, But if they do want to find me, you can find me over on Instagram, at sheikh underscore consulting. Um, and I'm also over on LinkedIn as well
0: amazing thank you so much I will pop all your links in the show notes so people can come and find you and I'm sure we'll probably do another episode in future because I feel like we've got a million things to talk about
1: oh yes I feel like we could talk forever (laughs) I don't know as a word we can talk forever um but yeah I definitely think there will be more